Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. I never thought this this question, how would one lose a tortoise? It's a good question. I mean, how did they not think that was going to get over? We love watching the fat man dance. Oh my fucking god, he's Kamehameha waving the bats. He's not doing a good job with pulling the pictures at the right time. Well, you're an idiot, dude. Shut the fuck up. Well then, in one, two, three. Greetings. Guten tag. Salutations. Hello. Or however else you might say hello. And welcome to VFTR. 2.0. 2.0. I am Chad, coming to you once again from my patio, because Cooper's awake up here in the patio with me, and I didn't feel like moving my stuff down to the cave. But today, I am joined as always by the co-host with the mostest, my good buddy, we call him round here, Big Baby Daddy Diesel! Thank you, Dadalak! I am joining you from Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight. You know what, Chad? I'm feeling a little extreme today. Ooh, you know, I'm feeling a little bit on the rules side. Think we could do some kind of combination to talk about that? I don't know, baby. Actually, I do. I do. This weekend, Saturday, is WWE Extreme Rules. What a segue. What a segue, folks. Maybe we should talk about that. I do believe we should. So we'll just get right into our first segment, which is, of course, Hashtag TRT, otherwise known as Top Rope Topics. And yes, Extreme Rules is coming up this weekend, which, as basically every wrestling news channel on the entire world right now, this is the most exciting B-pay-per-view possibly ever. Like, I mean, there is so much on this. So we're going to talk some Extreme Rules. We're going to go backwards first, though, and look at some of the things from the past. So, Diesel, where are we starting, buddy? So, originally, this pay-per-view was technically one-night stand that evolved into Extreme Rules. So we're going to start with the first pay-per-view that was named Extreme Rules that took place in 2009. It was June 7, 2009, and it took place at the New Orleans Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana. And the first match on the card was for the Intercontinental Championship. It was a fatal four-way with the champion defeating Coach Kingston. He was champion. He defeated MVP William Regal and Matt Hardy. This match went 6 minutes and 42 seconds. I didn't watch this pay-per-view. I've never seen any of these matches in my life. So I have no idea if it was a good match or not. But we have something that's everybody's favorite, and it's Chad guessing the Meltzer ratings for these matches. So what do you think? Do you, did you watch this pay-per-view at all? Do you remember? I, I don't think I did. This was definitely during my wrestling room springer, because I still this was three years out from high school, 2009. Wow, I'm old. Uh, but so... Yeah, I don't think I would have watched this. I know that Kofi Kingston was still in his Rastafarian uh, gimmick at this point, which was 
One of the most ridiculous things ever. Like, way to be WWE. Stereotypes, ahoy. I am going to guess Meltzer liked this match, though. But only six minutes. I'm going to go two and a half stars. Two stars from Meltzer. And I think ah. I said it was for the Intercontinental Championship. It was for the United States Championship. Ah, same thing. Potato, potato. And the next match, it was for the Intercontinental Championship. And it was a no-holds-barred match. And the champion, Rey Mysterio, lost to Chris Jericho in 14 minutes and 43 seconds. What do you think Meltzer rated this match? Oh, man. I just watched the wrestling list on this match. Someone got in trouble and got replaced in this match for being a dick. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I How long was the match? It was 14 minutes and 39 seconds. Okay, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, they got 14 minutes. Meltzer clearly had to have loved this match. I'm going to go 3.75 stars. Four stars. Oh, I undershot it. I, I overshot the first one, so I tried to, I overcorrected. Ugh, gotta hate this game. The next match is just the regular old-fashioned Samoan strap match where you had CM Punk defeating Umaga in 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Think Meltzer liked this match? No. Think he likes strap matches? No, I don't. I think he probably shit all over this. Even though Umaga was one of those guys that, as a kid, I didn't get it. But looking back on it, he was actually kind of a badass. I kind of like Umaga now as an adult looking back. But I think Meltzer probably shit all over this. Uh, 1.75 stars. One and a half stars. Oh, and I'm overshooting now. Next match, we have a triple threat hardcore match for the ECW championship. And we have... Tommy Dreamer defeating the champion Christian and Jack Swagger. Some of these people are a part of WWE anymore. What a wild triple threat match for the ECW World Championship. Wow. Nine minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer came out on top and was ECW champion. What do you think Meltzer gave this one? Maybe for a nostalgia pop. Oh, how does how does Meltzer feel about Tommy Dreamer? I don't I don't know. Christian's good, but this was when Jack Swagger was just so raw and terrible that I shouldn't have been in the ring yet. I'm I'm gonna go. Meltzer did not like this match. I'm gonna go two stars. Two stars, right on the head. Oh, there we go, baby. First one correct. Oh, man, I just saw a list with this match on it. Um, this was a handicap hog pen match for the title of Miss WrestleMania, where you had Santina Morella defeating Chavo Guerrero and Vicky Guerrero, who held the title of Miss WrestleMania. It went two minutes and 43 seconds. Meltzer did give this match a rating. Did he? Did he, did he give it negative stars? Can I give it negative stars? I'm going negative three stars. It was only negative one star, but it was yeah. still a negative star. Yeah, I, I knew. I, I I thought he wouldn't have rated it, but I actually, I respect you, Meltzer, for going the negative one star. Break your own system when it's that bad. I like it. I like it, too. 
Next, we have a steel cage match for the WWE Championship. Still not uh, main eventing pay-per-views back in the day. Um, you had Batista defeating champion Randy Orton in seven minutes and three seconds for a steel cage match. WWE what? Championship on a pay-per-view. <laughs> wow, man. I, I don't think I missed a bad year in 2009. I think I took a good year off. Uh, seven minutes for the WWE Championship match in a steel cage? Like, well, I don't think... Mm. But it's Randy Orton and Batista. And this is when they would have been, like, Batista would have been really good. Ooh. Uh, 2.25 stars. Two and a quarter. Uh, you got it. There you yeah! Go. Yeah! <laughs> Two in a row. I, my brain didn't like uh, like connect because I was thinking two and a quarter. And then first I thought you said 2.75. But then, yeah, yeah. There you go. Good job. You're on Woo! roll. I'm on fire. Oh, my God. So that, that match went seven minutes and three seconds, right? Mm-hmm. This next match went 19 minutes and six seconds. And it was a submission match between John Cena, who defeated the Big Show. <laughs> 20 minutes for that. <laughs> Seven minutes for the match that people really wanted to see. What? Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Is it, this must have been when they were trying to make Big Show a thing again. Like, this yeah. must have, yeah, his, his, every time they tried to make him a main event push, never worked. Oh, Meltzer had to have shit all over this. 20 minutes of boring rest holds. Could Big Show even do a submission hold? Like, what was, what submission hold was he using for his finisher in this match? sitting on people because this was 09 when he was probably at his biggest yeah that's what i'm saying I he mean, wasn't even in shape no i don't i don't know i mean maybe i could see him doing like a boston crab or bear, bear hug, hug or something like that yeah. maybe the bear hug uh i'm gonna go 1.5 stars ah oh, you're close one 1.5 stars you got it oh three in a row <laughs> I thought it said one and a quarter for a second because it's so small font, but no, you got it again, three in a row. I don't think I've ever gotten three star ratings in a row in the whole time we've been doing this. The next match was for the World Heavyweight Championship, and it was a ladder match, and Jeff Hardy defeated Edge in 20 minutes and seven seconds. At least they gave this match time. And this is a classic callback to about 10 years earlier. Oh, yeah. Edge and Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. Awesome. What do you think Meltzer rated this match? I feel like this match had to have been good, right? Like, this is when Jeff Hardy was, you know, I mean, he was Jeff Hardy. And Edge is the rated R superstar. Oh, man. I'm going to go 3.75 stars. You undershot it. Really? He did. 4.25 4.25 stars for this match. Wow. I, I was thinking of going four, so I never would have gotten to 4.25. Wow. I've that's... never seen this match, but I think that I'm going to like highlight this match just to watch it because it's Edge and Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. Yeah. And I wonder if you get a callback to the classic hanging from the belt. That's, that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, this isn't where the show finished, though. Really? After Jeff Hardy beat Edge in a ladder match. CM Punk came down and cashed in his money in the bank defeating Jeff Hardy in one minute and two seconds. Meltzer did not rate it because it's technically not a match. 
but I'd say for a pretty lackluster show, it was a good finish. And if you leave a good taste in people's mouths, that's all they're going to remember. I think if I would have been watching at the time, I probably would have left this show being like, no, it's a pretty good show. Like yeah. CM Punk cashed in back when they knew how to make people cash in because it was right at the beginning. Yeah, it was the good times of the Money in the Bank when Money in the Bank meant something and it was actually a star maker and not a just prop that you put on random people for no actual reason. All right, moving on to 2010 and the the uh, thumbnail or the picture or whatever, the promotional picture for this one is it's just all white except for it's a picture of Seamus, but his beard and his eyebrows are red. And everything else is white. And it's Creepy. actually really cool looking. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Um, this was, this took place at the First Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland on April 25th, 2010. It had an attendance of 12,278 with a buy rate of 182,000. Interesting. Oh. It's not bad for a B show. And we're going to start out with the first match. One moment, I got to switch my Meltzer ratings. Okay, here we are. First match. Does he rate this match? He does not because it's a dark match. I'm going to skip it then. Oh, yeah, the first match we have is a gauntlet match, which is between the Hart Dynasty, which was Tyson Kidd and David Hart Smith, with Natalia and Bret Hart. They won by lasting eliminating last eliminating Showmiz, and that was the Miz in the Big Show. Obviously, I just I must have just watched a list on uh, Extreme Rules. I did. It was by Tempest from Russell Talk. It was the worst Extreme Rules matches of all time. That's how I remember to know because I didn't watch this show either. Um, if you want to know who else was in the Gauntlet match, uh, John Morrison and R-Truth started out. They were eliminated by Shomez. They, but John Morrison and R-Truth eliminated the world's strongest tag team of MVP and Mark Henry. And then the Hart Dynasty was last. A four gauntlet match is never a good thing because it's not enough. Um, this and- is before WWE could do gauntlet matches again because we we lived in the heyday a couple years ago when they were killing gauntlet matches every other went, like few weeks. Seth Rollins went over an hour. This gauntlet match went a total of five minutes and eighteen seconds. But wait, yes. You, yes, you're not you're first, not misspeaking. Five no, minutes no, for a gauntlet uh, match. The first well, uh, show Miz won by DQ in three minutes and thirteen seconds. Uh, I guess they were the first ones eliminated. They had the order wrong on Wikipedia. Uh, Mark Henry and MVP lost to pinfall by uh, Showmiz in a minute 54 after that. And then the Hart Dynasty beat Showmiz in 11 seconds by pin for a total of 5 minutes and 18 seconds for a motherfucking gauntlet match. Garbage. I'm just going to tell you right now, he rated it a dud. He didn't even give it anything. It just says dud. Like, what the fuck? That's fair. Well, how do you open a pay-per-view like that? How do you open a... How do you have a gauntlet match that doesn't go at least 10 minutes? Like, I can understand. Like, maybe 10 minutes, you have some quick pinfalls in there. But five minutes? This wasn't even for the tag team titles. This was just a fucking gauntlet match, according to 
both Wikipedia and the Internet Wrestling Database. It was just a regular old tag team gauntlet match. So what the fuck? But why? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It should have been the dark match. But it wasn't, because that was Kofi Kingston defeating Dolph Ziggler, which I guarantee you was better. Oh, yeah. Guarantee you. Good old Ziggle Pickle Pudding Pants. They don't have a time on it. I know uh, Kofi Kingston won, too, which rightfully so. The next match was CM Punk with Luke Gallows and Serena Deeb. He defeated... Straight Edge Society, Rey baby. Mysterio and a hair match. Had CM Punk lost, he would have had his... Hair shaved. Wait, he loses this match. He lost that match. It says he won this match. Because then he wears the mask going forward because... He defeated CM Punk... Or he defeated Rey Mysterio by pinfall. Huh. In 15 minutes and 57 seconds. Huh. Thought he shaved his... Because he wears a mask when he's in the Straight Society eventually because he has a shaven head. He does shave his head too. Yeah. Huh. Well... Uh, how long did they get for this match? Uh, 15 minutes and 57 seconds. Meltzer liked it. This was when Punk was at his height, and Rey Mysterio is apparently timeless. So I'm going to say 3.5 stars. Three and a half stars. Close. That's what I said. 3.5 stars. Oh, God damn it. I thought you said 2.5. No. I am not hearing you, I guess. It's all right. It's adding to the build. You keep saying no, and then I'm actually right. So it's kind of like, it's like, I don't know, at any time. Well, I'm not doing that on purpose. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> You're like, no, you got three and a half stars. What? Oh, this ma- this card is really bad. Uh, the next match is a strap match. And it only went four minutes and 41 seconds. A strap match. Um. JTG defeated Shad Gaspar. Man, they are. This is them breaking up crime time. Why would yep. you break up crime time? The greatest tag team of all time. And it's the worst kind of strap match. It's the four corner strap match. Oh, garbage. Garbage town. Meltzer hated it. 1.25 stars. Half a star. Oh, even lower. Wow, he really hated it. I thought he'd at least give it a star. I didn't even go in five minutes. That's true. That's I think true. that's like prerequisite to be at least one star is five minutes. That's fair. Uh, the next match was an Extreme Rules match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sidebar. Sidebar. Ding. I forgot to grab the belts. So, did they, did they start calling matches Extreme Rules matches right here? Because there wasn't an Extreme Rules match on the last card at all. And when we were growing up, they were just hardcore matches. Yeah. Or no holds barred matches. So is this technically the first ever Extreme Rules match? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Or, yeah, that would make sense. Is it because the terms no holds barred and hardcore became too synonymous with porn? Is that that why they stopped using them? But maybe, well, this was an Extreme Rules match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And champion Jack Swagger defeated Randy Orton in 13 minutes and 59 seconds. When Jack Swagger should have never been champion, because this was this was bad times. For I mean, the people. Yeah. I think that Meltzer trashed on this match. 
I'm gonna go 2.5 stars. 2.75 stars. Oh, close. All right, all right. I'm 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 still in the ballpark. I'm, I'm liking this. The next match was a street fight. If you can tell me the difference between a street fight and an extreme rules match, I'll give you a million dollars because there isn't. They both have to finish in the ring, which doesn't make sense to me. But uh, I don't know how yeah. a street fight has to finish in the ring. The like very definition of seemingly a street fight seems like it shouldn't could be able to finish anywhere. It shouldn't even start in the ring. No, it should start on the street. Yeah, um, or in the back at least. Yeah, something. But yeah, it was. Uh, Sheamus defeated Triple H in 15 minutes and 46 seconds. This is when they were really pushing Sheamus. I think this was right before he had his first title win, too. Yeah, because I think this is when he's... Is he Mr. Money in the Bank at this point? Or is his first title win against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? I don't think that was his first title win. Because he was he was a heel in his first title win. He was a face for that. Yeah, you're right, because Daniel Bryan was the heel. Okay, Sheamus versus Triple H. This would have been a boring, probably... Triple H does do really well in street fights, though, so he wouldn't have been able to bust out all the rest holds, but this is when Triple H would have been. In 2010, he wasn't he wasn't really Triple H anymore. He started to, you know, get to the back nine before he had his, you know, Undertaker matches. I'm going to say I'll, I think he gave uh, the same rating he gave the last match, 2.75 stars. He bumped it up a uh, quarter star, three stars. Ah, jeez. Next match was an extreme makeover match for the WWE Women's Championship. Oh, my God. And I wonder if this was the Women's Championship or the Divas Championship. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're still... I think it was still the Women's at this point. I feel like the Divas was... Both. Yeah. At this point. I think they had one on each show, even though they weren't... That's a possibility. Like, separate. I don't remember when the Divas Championship came into existence. Um, but this was Beth Phoenix defeating Michelle McCool, who came in as the champion. And Michelle McCool was with Vicky Guerrero and Layla. Lay cool. Um, this match was six minutes and 32 seconds. It got longer than the gauntlet match and the strap match. Which is surprising for 2010. It is surprising for 2010. And I'm not going to rip on them for giving it longer because... It should get longer. It was a championship match, but mm, Meltzer gave this 0.5 stars. 0.75 stars. Damn it. I'm off by 0.25 this show. Gosh. Next one, though. Garbage time. Look how far next we've one. come, at least, though. Like, at least we're not having extreme makeover matches anymore. Very true, very true. And the WWE Championship actually ended this show. But that was the main event. This is the penultimate match. We had a steel cage match. Edge defeated Chris Jericho in Ooh. 19 minutes and 59 seconds. Ooh, man. I ooh. Once again, this was this is right. I didn't I don't I don't remember watching this match, but this is right before I came back to pro wrestling. Because I started watching pro wrestling again right around WrestleMania of 2010, like in or out. Like I wasn't watching it weekly until 2011 when we had the whole CM Punk pipe bomb and everything like that. That's that's when Chad came back to watching weekly wrestling. But I think this is a pretty good match. He loves himself some Edge and he loves himself some Chris Jericho. 
19 minutes, four stars. Three and a half stars. All right. Overshot it. And the main event of the show was the last man standing match for the WWE Championship. And it was champion John Cena defeating Batista in 24 minutes and 34 seconds. This was at the height of John Cena wins. So Batista probably should have won this match. I want to say, I'm guessing. And John Cena just strength, hustle, loyalty, persevered through it. Hmm. These kind of matches are kind of boring, though. I, last man standing matches are hit or miss. They're either really good or they're just kind of boring. How long do they get? 24 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, I'm going to go with it dragged a little bit, but it was still a good match. I'm going to go 3.75 stars. 4.25. God, man. over Undershot that one and overshot the last one. Now we have Extreme Rules 2011. And the promotional picture is John Cena doing his You Can't See Me, but an x-ray machine over his like torso. So you can see his arm bones and his ribs and stuff like that. It's actually pretty cool. Do, do, this do, took do. place on May 1st, 2011 in Tampa, Florida from St. Pete's Time Forum with an attendance of 10,000 and a buy rate of 209,000. 29,000 from the previous year. That's not bad. Down in attendance, but up in buy rates. Um, okay, the first match on the card was Randy Orton defeating CM Punk in a last man standing match. The new Nexus were banned from ringside as well. And this was a 20 minute and six second match. This is the way you start out a pay per view. Like, you ended the last Extreme Rules with the last man standing match, and it was a success. Do it again. This, this, I actually, I have seen this match. I remember this match, and I actually, as much as the new Nexus and CM Punk taking over was hated, I always loved CM Punk as the cult leader, like, esque kind of character. And so I dug it. I know this is a great match. I'm going 4.5 stars. Three and a half stars. Man, well, I like this match a lot. So that was actually probably Chad's personal rating. Because this match and their WrestleMania match are two of CM Punk's best matches that he had probably ever had in WWE. Next match was a tables match for the WWE United States Championship. And it was Kofi Kingston defeating champion Sheamus in nine minutes and nine seconds. And the Seamus experiment is over. <laughs> Very much. He has two more like world championship wins after this, but yeah. Yeah. It, they I mean they, they gave it a go and then it didn't work, so they stopped, and now he loses to Kofi Kingston in a tables match. Yeah, his I don't last think... championship run was because people got hurt and they weren't ready to put it on Roman yet, and he was the money in the bank winner, so he had to do it. But it was, I liked that run. I actually was a fan of that time period. So We, you know, we're both big Sheamus fans here on this podcast. For this match, though, I don't think Meltzer likes table matches very much. I'm going to go 2.5 stars. Three stars. All right. My, my streak is over. I was really hot for that first show, and I'm falling apart. I'm getting worse and worse. Oh, my God. This was on the list, I saw. It... 
was a good old-fashioned country whipping match. Oh, goodness. And it was Michael Cole and Jack Swagger defeating Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross in seven minutes and four seconds. Did he rank this match? He ranked this match, and it's a positive ranking, too. 0.25 stars. 1.25 stars. What? He gave this match a whole star? Now, in some ways, I want to go back and watch this match to see just how terrible... Really, Meltzer? A star... 1.25 stars for this? I don't understand. uh, You can go back and watch it. I don't want to watch it. But... Michael Cole and Jack Swagger versus Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross got a 1.25 stars. I'm... Meltzer, your star ratings mean nothing. The next match was a Falls Count Anywhere match. Rey Mysterio defeated Cody Rhodes in 11 minutes and 43 seconds. And how wild is it that both of those guys in 2022 are now both still in the WWE? I know, it's crazy. They could have another match in 2023, even in 2022, possibly. Oh, happened. that's wild. This would brought this is smoke and mirrors, Cody Rhodes, though. So this is one of the best, oh, yeah, best themes ever. Mirrors. Best themes ever. Uh, on the theme song alone, and Rey Mysterio being eternal, I'm gonna give it a 3.25 stars. Uh, yeah, you got one right. Meltzer gave it 3.25 stars. And I'm going to do a sidebar ding because I don't think we ever talked about this. But back last month at Clash of the Castle, how fucking sweet was it that uh, first Drew McIntyre's original entrance theme played? Yeah. I always liked that theme, Shaman's Harvest. Like, I was, that was the one thing I was disappointed when he came back to the WWE is that he didn't get his old theme back because that theme is really good. Shaman's so, Harvest, like, underrated band. I agree, and for them to just even play just a little bit of it was like, yes, it's still in canon. They remember it, yes, because that theme was awesome. It was for sure. I like it better than his new theme, even though his new theme is pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean it suits him, that's for sure. Anyways, off the sidebar, we're going to the next match, which was a no disqualification, no count out, loser leaves WWE match. Between Layla, it was between Lay Cool. Layla defeated Michelle McCool in five minutes and twenty-four seconds. This match, I guarantee, was hot garbage. No, no offense to either of these ladies, but uh... on a higher rating than the Country Whipping match. <laughs> what? Yeah. What is happening with this pay per view? One point five stars. Then got two stars. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, the next match, this had to be, this was WrestleMania right after Edge retired because it was a ladder match for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. Yep. Christian defeated Albert, Albert, Alberto Del Rio. I don't even feel bad about messing up his name because he's a douche. Yep. Um, Christian won in 21 minutes and five seconds, which... Was his first world championship win, and 
he's never treated good enough in WWE. Like, nope. I mean, it's too late to fix it now, but like, he should like even when he was champion, they didn't treat him right. No, he they won just every did it just because he always won by disqualification against Randy Orton. He literally could not beat Randy Orton and when he was champ. Man, want to put a fucking dot on his face? Like, what the hell? Vince McMahon, crazy old man. This match, I I've seen a lot of. This match is on a lot of lists because uh, this is. I remember Edge being at ringside for this. Christian getting the win was a really great win for Christian. I'm gonna go. Meltzer really enjoyed the nostalgia. I'm gonna give it four stars. Four and a quarter stars. Oh, I undershot it. I thought I knew it was a good one. I didn't know four and a quarter. That's that's good for a B pay per view. The next match was a lumberjack match for the WWE Tag Team Championships. And it was the champions, Big Show and Kane, defeating the core, Wade Barrett and Ezekiel Jackson, in 4 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, under 5 minutes, gets less than a star, going .75 stars. You nailed it! Ooh, I can be taught. I might be dumb, but I can be taught. <laughs> the main event was a triple threat steel cage match for the WWE Championship. Did you say a triple cage? Triple threat. <laughs> I wish it was a triple cage match. We'll never see that ever again. No. Maybe in AEW. Maybe in AEW. <laughs> I can see. I can yes, see. AEW. AEW will put their uh, performers in that sudden, that deathly match because that was match was way too dangerous for real life or wrestling. I would not be surprised to see uh, Ready to Rumble 2 and AEW is the promotion that's used. Um, yeah, this match had John Cena, surprise, surprise, defeating the champion Miz and John Morrison in 19 minutes and 50 seconds. Anything else rated this match? Huh. 19 minutes in a triple threat cage match. Oh, that's, that's an interesting one. I... Hmm. I'm gonna go 3.75 stars. Undershot it again. Four stars. Oh, jeez. I really wow. I mean, I can't believe how many four star matches John Cena's been getting around. So moving on to Extreme Rules 2012. This took place on April 29th, 2012. The city was Rosemont, Illinois. AKA Chicago at the Allstate Arena. Attendance is up 14,817. The buy rate is up 263,000. Holy crap. They really drew some uh, butts and eyes for this pay per view. The buy rate is up. Yeah. Yeah, it was 209 last month or last year. So, yeah, that, that's a huge jump. That's a bigger jump than it was last year. Yeah. But, I mean, it was main evented by the returning Brock Lesnar, so, I mean. Ah, there we go. Okay, the first match on the card was a false count anywhere match between Randy Orton and Kane, and it went 16 minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. Randy Orton and Kane opening up a pay-per-view, false count anywhere. I don't remember this storyline at all. I wonder what they were feuding about. Um, hmm. They got some time. I like, I feel like, hmm, this is an interesting one. Is this Randy Orton is legend killer gimmick? Is he trying to kill Kane as a legend? 2012. 
think it's just after the legend killer gimmick he might be the tail end of the legend killer gimmick i know on wwe 12 randy orton was on the cover of the game because i remember having that game for ps3 hmm. all right i'm gonna go 3.25 stars oh, you overshot it three stars oh so close so close Oh, man, this next match was a singles match. This should have been the dark match because it, yeah. It is Brodus Clay with Cameron Hornswoggle and Naomi defeating Dolph Ziggler with Jack Swagger and Vicky Guerrero in four minutes and 17 seconds. Wow. Hot garbage. Uh, Is the extreme rule stipulation that everyone is terrible in this match? Just be because it's just a plain old singles match. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet he didn't even give it a star. Point five stars. He gave it a full star. Ugh. Dang you, Meltzer. He broke his own rule of under five minutes. I know. What the hell, Meltzer? I thought you have some kind of rules here. The next match is a tables match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Cody Rhodes. Defeats the champion Big Show in four minutes and 37 seconds. That's back-to-back years. Or no, I guess not. Didn't the Big Show lose in 2010 in a table match to Kofi Kingston for the United States Championship? No, that was shame. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. You're right. I knew somebody lost to Kofi Kingston. Big Show lost a submission match to John Cena. Yeah, and then he was in tag team matches the other two years, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, it's four minutes and 37 seconds, but it is a tables match. Does Meltzer stick to his rules, or what What do you think Meltzer gave this match? I'm going to... I'm going... I'm going to say he goes back to his true or tried and true rule here. 0.75 stars. 0.25 stars. Ooh, real yeah, garbage. Wow. But the next match was a two out of three falls match for the World Heavyweight Championship. It went 22 minutes and 55 seconds, which eh, fair enough for a two out of three falls match. Could probably win longer, but it was champion Sheamus defeating Daniel Bryan two to one. Oh, so this would be right after the WrestleMania then. Yep, okay, yeah, all right. Where he broke them in one in nine seconds. Yeah, this actually, I feel like this match is regarded as a really good match. People say this should have been the WrestleMania match, even though it serves as a wonderful footnote in the history of WWE. I'm going to go Meltzer like this one. I'm going to go 4.25. Overshot it by 0.25. It was four stars right on the dot. Alex, I was really thinking about just going straight four stars, and then I, I was like, ooh, but maybe, because it's Daniel Bryan. Uh, you're, you have the right thought, like thinking, because I feel like Meltzer really likes two out of three falls matches. Yeah, and he loves Daniel Bryan, so or Bryan Danielson, whichever way you want to go with it. Oh, Jesus. This next match was a handicap match. Ryback... Defeated Aaron Relic and Jay Hat. Uh, there is a rating. There is a rating. 0.25 stars. He got it. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a pretty obvious one. That was one of those where if it wasn't a negative rating, it was going to be the lowest rating possible. 
Here, Ryback got the same rating as Cody Rhodes. Eh, you know, they're the same wrestler, basically. I don't know why WWE hasn't hired back Ryback. Bet you, I'll give you one guess who one of the competitors is in this match. It's a Chicago street fight for the WWE Championship. Hmm. Can I guess CM Punk? Ding, ding, ding. Ooh! He defeated Chris Jericho, which, interestingly enough, they had a match against each other for... Oh, no, they didn't. That was... Uh, never mind. Scratch that. That was John Moxley. Scratch that. Run it back. Uh, but, yeah. So, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho for WWE Championship. Chicago Street Fight. CM Punk wins in 25 minutes and 15 seconds. Ooh. 25 minutes, CM Punk, Chris Jericho. Does Meltzer like CM Punk? I know he likes Chris Jericho. I'm going to go... Keep it 25 minutes, though. 4.25 stars. Three and a half stars. Man, I don't think he likes CM Punk very much. I think it's also because it's a street fight, and I don't think he really likes hardcore matches. Yeah, that's a very true thing. He does not like the blood and guts. I'm going to save you some time for your guests. This next match, Meltzer rated it a dud. Nice. Uh, it's a singles match for the WWE Divas Championship. And Layla defeated Nikki Bella, the champion, in 2 minutes and 45 seconds. You can see why he rated that a dud. Yep. Yeah, I don't even need to talk about that. Those are some dark days. But kudos to Nikki Bella for getting so much better in the end. The main event saw the same man in it, I believe. And maybe he wasn't in the first main event of Extreme Rules. No, he wasn't, because the first main event was technically uh, Jeff Hardy versus Edge. But he was in the main event of the last two. John Cena in an Extreme Rules match defeated Brock Lesnar in 17 minutes and 43 seconds. Because even then... Like John Cena's stardom was bigger than Brock Lesnar's, but that quickly changed real quick. And this is the match that Brock Lesnar just beats the piss out of John Cena for it, and then John Cena somehow still survives. And the ending it really falls flat. I remember like the whole match is pretty cool watching John Cena just get just tossed about, but then yeah, John Cena just wins. I'm going to go... He get tossed about as much as he did at SummerSlam 2014, though. No, no, that's that's an even better one. That's, but, that's a nice suplex city was born. Yeah, yeah, just German suplexed him to hell. Oh, man, I don't think Meltzer liked this match very much. I'm going to go 3.25 stars. Four and a half stars. God, I reversed it. If I would have flip reversed it and done the matches in opposite There's order... There's some things that you're forgetting. It's John Cena. Like, John Cena and Okada is the same for Meltzer, except John Cena doesn't get the five-star ratings because he's in WWE. I guarantee you, if John Cena was in New Japan, he would have broke Meltzer's rating scale years before Kenny Omega and Okada did. That's a possibility. I bet your money. I bet your money. But, yeah, that was, that was 2012. It doesn't sound like a great card. No. Um, hopefully 2013 is better. We're about to find out because it's what we're doing now. Sheamus is back on the promotional hey like, image again. This time it's uh, May 19th, 2013. This was a year before I just got back into watching wrestling like full time. This took place at the Scott Trade Center in St. Louis, Missouri. 
with an attendance of 14,500, but a buy rate way down at 231,000. Cool, over 30,000 buys lost. What you doing, WWE? Uh, we'll start. Now they have pre-show matches. They're not just dark matches. So this must have been... This was still a little bit before uh, WWE Network, a couple months, but... Uh, we have The Miz defeating Cody Rhodes in a singles match by submission. Just for fun, I guess. For, just for fun. Uh, it was a five minute and 25 minute, five minute, 25 second match. Meltzer did rate it. I'm going to go one star. One, seven, five. Huh. I probably should have gone a little higher with it being The Miz and Cody. To open the show, we have a WrestleMania rematch. Which is Chris Jericho getting his win back from Fandango. Fandango. I remember that was one of the weirdest WrestleMania wins ever. I could not believe that Chris Jericho. was his debut too. Like, why was he debuting at WrestleMania? Chris Jericho loses to Fandango just because his music is popular. Don't get me wrong. Dirty Dango's fun, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I do miss his music. And uh, Breezango is one of the best tag teams of all time. Fashion, Fashion police, police, baby. Great gimmick, dude. Yep. Like, that was carrying SmackDown for a while. It was the oh. best thing every single week. I loved it. So great. Uh, eight minutes and 36 seconds. Chris Jericho got the win after Fandango beat him at WrestleMania in his debut. Uh, I'm guessing... Wait a minute here. This thing, Internet Wrestling Database, says the attendance was 17,529. Wikipedia says 14,500. That is a difference of 3,000 people. There's a discrepancy. Uh, the Wikipedia one may be what tickets sold were, and then those 3,000 could be uh, promotional tickets, because there's usually a lot of promotional tickets given out for these things. Still a discrepancy. It's a big discrepancy. Uh, as for the star rating on that match, hmm, 2.5 stars. 2.75. Ah, tartar sauce. Next match is for the United States Championship, which is a singles match. It's Dean Ambrose defeating Kofi Kingston, who is champion, becoming United States champion. And this was 6 minutes and 49 seconds. The Shield just debuted, I think, at the previous uh, Survivor Series. And, yeah. Yeah. No, this is early on the Shield. And this is Dean Ambrose was the one who held the championship longer. He had that U.S. championship belt, I felt like, forever. He always had, he it. had it. Yeah. yeah. They forgot he had it. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, this match, I'm going to go 2.75. Two and a half. Tartar sauce. So close. You're very, very close. Yeah. Next, we have another strat match because it seems like this is this this paper you should be called strat match instead of extreme rules. Because you know how I like to have to have like pay-per-views with match names. Um because they don't it doesn't seem like they ever have a strat match any other time besides extreme rules, and they never do them right. But I don't think this was a four corners one, thankfully. It was Sheamus who defeated Mark Henry. In seven minutes and fifty nine seconds, and I don't know what Meltzer rated it. I haven't looked yet, but like Sheamus versus Mark Henry sounds like a good one to go back and watch. 
Yeah, and this would have been Mark Henry when he was in the Legion of Pain. It was a four-corner strap match, by the way. Yeah, but I feel like these two could... I actually kind of remember this match. Now that I'm thinking back, I can remember... I think Mark Henry wore silver gear, I want to say. It was black and silver in the Hall of Pain. I'm going to go that Meltzer actually surprisingly liked this match a little bit and go three stars. 1.75. Yeah, way overshot it. Guess not. <laughs> yeah, it makes me not want to go back and watch it. No. Yep, nope. No interest. Um, the next match was an I quit match. Determine the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. And it was Alberto Del Rio with Ricardo Rodriguez defeating Jack Swagger with Zeb Coulter. So we finally got the we. The people, Jack Swagger. Um, this match went 11 minutes and 20 seconds, which seems a little short for an I Quit match. A little bit. Which I do not like I Quit matches, by the way. I just no. do a submission match because to get the person to say I Quit is just stupid. It really is. If you're like an I Quit match feels like the worst version of either a submission match or a last man standing match. Like, yeah, I agree. It just. It's dumb. It's so dumb. Like, to force someone to say I quit is not as bad as making someone submit, in my opinion. Like, I quit is just surrendering? I don't know. It seems less. I agree with you. I don't like I quit matches either. Uh, what do you think, Mel? Or do you think Meltzer likes uh, I quit matches? I almost called him a Melvin. I don't know <laughs> why, but I know I haven't even watched. Uh... Oh, God, I can't even think of his name right now. Matt Taven? Matt Taven. There's so many names in my brain between wrestling and football and everything else. I can't believe that I can retain all these people's names. <laughs> it's, it's fucking crazy. How can we retain all these people's names and we did so terribly in school? You know, that's what right? just really doesn't make any damn sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, when it comes to, like, football and wrestling, like, I have all this knowledge. But when it comes to, like... Chemistry? Fuck. Don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. Uh, I don't think Meltzer liked this match at all. I'm going two stars. Two seven five. Bollocks, You're off man. a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. I, Falling apart. I guarantee you I wouldn't have even given this match two stars, and I didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, if it has Alberto Del Rio and Jack Swagger in it together, that's not a good match. Alberto Del Rio does that stupid stomp. I hate that move. Worst move in wrestling. How did he make him quit in 11 minutes? Did he, like, threaten Zeb Coulter? Like, I don't remember this match at all. This seems See. dumb. Uh, here we go. Wikipedia, help me out here. Storylines. It doesn't say. Sure, it That's does fair. somewhere out at the really look into it but yeah it's not worth it it's once it's again worth it. jack swagger and alberto del rio so remember, i'm not gonna lose uh, sleep over it la the last year's extreme rules how randy orton was just randomly facing kane this year he's just randomly facing the big show in an extreme rules match in which he defeated him in 13 minutes what like what is randy orton doing right now <laughs> like oh no what gimmick is this for Randy Orton? We were I was watching wrestling at this point. I don't remember Randy Orton doing anything. I'm pretty sure he was just the Viper at this point in 2013. It's possible. He had to be just the Viper. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no. I, I don't think that Dave Meltzer likes the big show at all. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go two stars. Three, two, five. Good Lord, what is going on? I don't know, because it's an Extreme Rules match as well. And I feel like he's mixed on Randy Orton, but I feel like he also really likes Randy Orton because he's like slow and methodical. I don't know. Dave Meltzer, like you can hate on him all you want, but he is one interesting man. Yeah. Like his wrestling opinions, I don't always agree with, but I respect because they actually come from a place of knowledge. Yeah. And, like, and he's willing to grow with the times instead of yeah. trying to say, I am an old man and I am going to yell at clouds. Exactly, and it shows right here by giving Randy Orton and Big Show an Extreme Rules match a 3.25 rating. Like, he looks at every match individually, I feel. He doesn't grade on a curve like me. Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. He definitely seems to, unless your name is Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks. Yeah, very true. The next match is a last man standing match for the WWE Championship. Uh, Jesus. And it is John Cena champion versus Ryback. And it ended in a no contest. I didn't see this match. I'm guessing they both couldn't uh, answer the 10 count. But, like, this is infuriating. Like, even though hindsight being 2020, good thing they didn't ever put the title on Ryback. 2013, 2012, that was the time where it was like, he's on fire. At that time... It probably was a mistake not to pull the trigger. And I think that is really when the problem started with them building stars. Because they couldn't even pull the trigger on Ryback, who was, like, red hot. But hindsight being 2020 was a good move. Yeah. Good move. But, uh, yeah. 21 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, I I personally despise Ryback. I... I never liked Ryback, even when he was, like, the hottest he could have been. I thought his gimmick was always a even more mediocre Goldberg than any other imitation had been. And the fact that his finisher was, uh, put him up on my shoulders into a Samoan drop, and that was supposed to be this end-all, be-all finisher, just always, like, give him a powerbomb. But then again, he couldn't do a powerbomb because he couldn't wrestle worth a shit. He didn't even do his finisher. Yeah. Like, there were so many times he couldn't get people up. He was so big and muscular, yeah. but he wasn't strong. No. He couldn't like, get Mark Henry up, and he couldn't get the big show up. And I watched John Cena, who I, you know, at the time, John Cena was one of the most annoying characters ever. It was John Cena wins, no matter what. But at least John Cena, every time, he F5'd everyone. Or not F5, sorry, yeah. FU'd. Because that was before heard, it was the attitude adjustment. I heard the big show in an interview say that John Cena is stronger than Brock Lesnar. And when like he's getting them up for the AA and he's like, it's just an act. He's not really having that much problems lifting him up because he can squat so much weight that like it's not that much of a problem for him and he says he feels the safest when he works with john cena because he is so strong and that's it's crazy that like and you've seen it too where john cena will roll in to the aa like he'll yeah. be on the ground and all of a sudden he's on his feet and you're on his shoulders and it's like john cena is a beast yeah 
Ryback sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that it's John Cena, though. I'm, I don't know. I'm way off. I'm off on this pay-per-view. I'm just going to give this a watch. I'm going to say three stars and just get out of here. Three and a half stars. That's fine. I don't care. I just want done with this pay-per-view. I had no ideas. I figured out why Brock Lesnar couldn't beat John Cena the year before. Because it was just Brock Lesnar. Because this next match is a singles match. And it wasn't even for the championship, but it still closed the, the pay-per-view because it was Brock Lesnar. Um... This, I think this was a rematch of WrestleMania as well. Um, it was Brock. No, 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 never mind. It's Triple H faced Undertaker. It's Brock Lesnar defeating Triple H. Brock Lesnar was with Paul Heyman. It was a steel cage match. It went 20 minutes and 10 seconds. Was this when Triple H was like trying to avenge the Undertaker's honor, kind of, for Brock breaking the streak? Brock didn't break the streak until 14. Oh, okay. So it hadn't happened yet. It okay, was a I, year before. Uh, I wasn't sure what storyline they were telling here. Um, this was the, right after the second match against Undertaker, this, the Hell in the Cell match, where uh, Shawn Michaels was the guest referee. referee. The end of an era match. The curtain call. Even though they all, all three of those men wrestled after that moment. Yeah. Against each other, too. Against each other, even, yeah. Man, oh, once again, I don't think Big Daddy Dave likes Triple H, but I do think he likes Brock Lesnar. Do do do. Three point five stars. Four stars. Ah, blast it! All right, now we're getting into more familiar territory for me. This was technically the very first pay per view. When I was back on wrestling train, um, this was the first pay per view after WrestleMania 30, and I credit that the night after WrestleMania 30 is my official hopping back on. Um, this one is a picture of Daniel Bryan doing the yes with all the fans behind him doing it too. Daniel Bryan just won the. What was it? The WWE World Heavyweight Championship because they were combined. Um, this one took place in East, East Rutherford, New Jersey at the IZOD Center with a buy rate of 108000 And this is excluding WWE Network views because this was the second pay-per-view on WWE Network because I'm pretty sure the first was WrestleMania 30. Oh, man. The, the heyday of WWE Network when we were all just losing our minds about how great this is. We're getting we're getting twenty pay per views a year for ten dollars or five ninety nine a month, wasn't it? Five ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. I remember there was a ninety nine in there because they beat they it into it our head all the time. Yeah. yeah, they would say it all the time, dude. I miss the old WWE Network. I've I don't have a VPN, and I've thought about getting a VPN just so I can use the UK's WWE network because yeah. that was so much better than Peacock. That was the best streaming service available. Period. I don't know why they were stupid enough to stop it. But... Money, 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 money. There you go. Uh, apparently, there was an Intercontinental Championship number one contender tournaments that I don't know if this was a part of the show. 
interesting storylines. Uh, Bad News Barrett beat Rob Van Dam in this tournament, so I don't know if this is spoiler alert news for later. No, <laughs> no Bad News Barrett has a Intercontinental title match later. So anyways, here we go with the pre-show match. Actually, we got to see this match in person at the Coliseum in Madison. It was El Torito with Diego and Fernando defeating Hornswoggle with Drew McIntyre, Heath Slater, and Jinder Mahal. Oh, my and, God. Uh, we, we didn't get to technically see this match because this was the Wii LC match. And I actually remember this match. I watched the pre-show. This match was actually a lot of fun. I do remember I this being this wild. a really long time. But I remember this match was a lot of fun. Dude, El Torito used to, like, give it. Like, he's the one who jumped off the top of the elimination chamber. He crawled all the way up there and jumped off of it. Like, he's a crazy he little guy. Match. Yeah. Oh, man. Did... I don't I don't know if Meltzer gets into the... He actually, no. He likes shenanigans. He likes Yano. I'm going to go he gave it 2.25 stars. Would you be surprised if I told you you undershot it? I actually wouldn't be. He gave it three stars. All right. That's actually... From my memory, I agree. This match was awesome. This match slapped. This match totally slapped. I watched this match. I forgot it even existed until right this minute. (laughs) I remember this match being badass. (laughs) Anyways, the opening match on the card was Cesaro... With Paul Heyman, because he was a Paul Heyman guy. He was a Paul Heyman guy. Defeating, oh, and this is a triple threat elimination match, by the way. Forgot to say that. Um, he defeated Rob Van Dam and Jack Swagger with Subculture in 12 minutes and 34 seconds. Nice. One, two, three, four. What? Why? This is a wild thing to open up a pay-per-view. Cesaro is the Paul Heyman guy. Zeb Coulter is was wow, and then Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is still in the WWE at this point. Wow, I uh, with the these three people, it feels like it should have been a good match. You could at least, I mean, with Cesaro and Rob Van Dam, uh two point seven five stars, two and a half stars. Ah, overshot less than it. the WLC match. Would obviously worse than the WLC match. I was I was obviously betting on that. Uh, the next match was a handicap match with Alexander Rusev. This is before he lost his first name with Lana. Defeated R Truth and Xavier Woods by submission. And if memory serves, he put them both in his, the WWE one was the accolade, and now it's game over. But he put them both in the accolade, and this is when they were really like just debuted, and they were really pushing him as like this monster Bulgarian brute that got this award from Putin. Remember that? Yeah. Carried that medal, and like they had like uh, Putin on the like screen, and like they like moved his mouth like CGI. Like yeah. Yep, I, I remember that. Mouth. It was it was very. If you look back at it now, not cool. <laughs> Not cool at all, but uh, Rusev won in 2 minutes and 53 seconds. And that's funny that they're using Xavier Woods and R-Truth as their TNA tag team to put over Arch or put over Rusev. I think this match got less than a star. It was very short, so 0. 0.5. 0. 0.75. Damn it! 
So the next match was for a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship match. There hasn't been a single hardcore match on this card yet. And I'm not counting the WLC match because that was the pre-show. Um, and yeah, this is just a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. Bad News Barrett, who won the tournament. I'll tell you who else was in this tournament. Uh, Cesaro beat Mark Henry in the first round. Rob Van Dam beat Alberto Del Rio in the first round. Sheamus beat Jack Swagger in the first round. Bad News Barrett beat Dolph Ziggler in the first round. And Cesaro lost to Rob Van Dam. And Sheamus lost to Bad News Barrett. And that's how we got our final. And Bad News Barrett defeated Big E for the Intercontinental Championship in 7 minutes and 55 seconds. And this is this was right before the New Day because they got the title off of Big E and then he went away for a while. Xavier Woods went away for a while and Kofi went away for a while. And then, like, very shortly after this, we started getting those New Day vignettes that were very weird, I will say myself. But, uh, well, because originally yeah. they were going to be like Southern Baptist preachers, like, kind of thing. And then they went, nah. We're going to do this instead. And they became probably, if not besides the Young Bucks, the most marketable tag team of all time. Yes. Uh, what do you think Meltzer gave them? This I, I love Bad News Barrett. I just want that said real quick. Bad News Barrett and the Bullhammer Elbow. Just as a whole, like, I just loved that gimmick. I loved the move. I loved everything about it. I think that Meltzer enjoyed this, and he gave it 3.25 stars. Three stars. You're just off right oh. now. Um, I loved Bad News Barrett, too. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. For you, and, buddy. Like, the best thing about the... Um, what was the album called again? The Bullhammer. Yeah, the Bullhammer. The best thing about the Bullhammer is when he hits you, he went boom. Yeah. Like, I I love Bad News Barrett. Uh, Monster gave this three stars. And I just remember it. I skipped a match from the previous Extreme Rules. So we got to backtrack. This oh, was shit. a big match and a big moment in history. Let me go back for one second. Okay. Uh -oh. Back to 2012. There was a Tornado Tag Team match for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Where the Shield, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins defeated Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan, and Kane for the championships in 7 minutes and 24 seconds. I go back to the Meltzer ratings. You gotta do this. What do you think Meltzer gave this match? I actually think this is one of the highest rated. I think this one's really high rated, actually. I, I want to say that this is a... I think this is on, like, I've seen this on lists, I want to feel like. Um, or maybe I'm just making this all up. But I'm going to go... 4.75 stars. It's only 2.75 stars. I think yep. you're making all of that up. I'm making it, it all up. The reason I remembered I forgot that because the next match is a six-man tag match with the Shield, which is all three of them, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. And they defeated Evolution, which at this time it was Blue Tista, Randy Orton, and Triple H. And I remember this because they... This was their second to last one, right? They, yeah, because I think they had one more match after this, and then the next night was when Seth Rollins 
think they had a match at Payback, and the next day was when Seth Rollins turned on them, if I recall correctly. I think I you're right, and we all, because we all thought it was going to be Ambrose, and it really felt like it, but yeah, they, they got the us good. Night, Batista quit. Yep. He said he was done. Um, I liked this storyline. This match was awesome. Uh, I had Seth Rollins diving off of uh, the crowd from the second yeah. deck or whatever. It was... This match was really good. It went 19 minutes and 52 seconds. Um, yeah, I liked that. I mean, this was the end of the Shield. Um, how and I liked the way they ended. They were so strong that they defeated one of the strongest factions in the history of professional wrestling. And to like end their original run this way. It was probably, I would say, chef's kiss. I don't think there was anything else they could do as a team. Um, yeah, what do you think Meltzer gave this match? Man. I remember this match being very good. I do, too, and that's the problem. When I seem to remember matches being very good, Meltzer doesn't seem to like them very much. But this was, this was like a defining moment of this whole thing. Four stars, going four. Four and a half. Damn it! That's what my original guess was, and then I bumped it down because I was like, no way he got four and a pissing, dang it. See, I hold this time like very special in my like memory of wrestling because I was just getting back into it. And I know some of these matchups aren't great on paper, but I loved this storyline. And this next match, once again. Still, we're six matches into this card, and this is the first, like, match with a stipulation that has anything to do with, like, anything hardcore. It's a steel cage match, and it was Bray Wyatt with Eric Rowan and Luke Harper defeating John Cena by escaping the cage, and I remember this match very well. I really liked this. The, they had, it was a rematch from WrestleMania, and Bray Wyatt was trying to get uh, John Cena to turn and turn to the dark side and hit him with a chair and get disqualified and didn't work. And finally it led to this cage match. And I just remember like Bray Wyatt was inside John Cena's head and the way Bray Wyatt won the match. John Cena was about to win the match. He was walking out of the cage and the lights went out. And all of a sudden, there was this little boy with a microphone, and he just started singing, I've got the whole world in his hands. And then, like, all these other kids just started singing. And the lights went out, and they were just, like, spotlight on these kids. And, like, it was one of the more, like, creepy imagery things that I've actually seen in wrestling. And it actually did really creep me out. Um... I thought it was a great way it like coaxed John Cena back into the ring. I believe then he got hit with the sister Abigail and Bray Wyatt walked out and was the victor. 21 minutes, 12 seconds. What do you think uh, Meltzer rated this match? I think he hated the shenanigans because I remember the shenanigans very fondly as well. I think it was like a cool idea, but I feel like Meltzer hated the shenanigans. I don't think he liked Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. back then. Maybe still today. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to go 2.25 stars. 1.75 stars. Oh, geez. Really didn't like it. I mean, maybe it's just nostalgia. 
and getting back into wrestling at this time that makes me like really like the finish to this match maybe it was a lot shittier than i remember because like i said it was nostalgia but i'm gonna stand by it i like that was that kid and those kids like singing that song and like they distorted the mic yep. it was really fun creepy i agree don't blame john cena <laughs> not one bit uh, the next match was a singles match. Once again, not in any extreme rules or anything like that. For the WWE Divas Championship, which was champion Paige defeating Tamina Snuka. And you know there's no one meaner than Tamina. And Paige won by submission. And, I mean, uh, that's what she used to say. It did. She did say it. I know it's just ridiculous, but she said it. Meltzer man Meltzer's all over the place uh, with these extreme rules pay-per-views I have no idea where to go with it before before you give this uh, star rating do you think he rated it higher or lower than the John Cena Bray Wyatt cage match oh shit that was a 175 I feel like this is when Tamina was real bad and so maybe lower? Then what are you saying? I'm going to go a single star. He gave this match two stars, and I think Shit. it was because of Paige. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And technically, if you look at like Kayfabe, it's kind of a big win for Paige. She just won the title. And to me, it is supposed to be like a monster heel. And yeah. Yeah, I get it. And nobody's Mina. Nobody's, nobody's Mina. Mina. Nobody's Mina. Nobody's <laughs> Mina. Um, and finally, we have the main event, which was this Daniel Bryan's last match before he had to retire? I can't remember. But it was Daniel Bryan. He defeated Kane. And this was corporate Kane. Yep. And it was in an Extreme Rules match for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Daniel Bryan won in 22 minutes and 27 seconds. This wasn't Daniel Bryan's last match. It was really close to being his last match. I think it, I don't think it was his last one. I think it, it was, was close though. On the next uh, Raw, he announced oh. he would undergo neck surgery and be absent for WWE for a long time. And then remember he came back and announced his uh, retirement. Yeah. So yeah, this was his last match before he made his return. In 2018, I believe. That sounds right. That sounds right. Oh, did Corporate Kane versus Daniel Bryan. There's a lot of storyline here to be harvested. And Meltzer loves himself some D. Bry. 3.25 stars. Three and a half stars. God, man, I have not gotten a good one right in a while. I am falling apart, folks. All right, moving on to 15. Okay. First match, we got John Cena. Oh, man. Seeing the image for this reminds me of what happened on this pay-per-view. It's John Cena with his face uh, with the American flag. That means we're getting Rusev versus Cena in a flag match. I didn't want to like that match. Uh, 
Uh, the pre-show match was Neville defeating Bad News Barrett in a singles match that went 10 minutes and 36 seconds. That's promising. Um, save time. Chad's being a good father. I'll just give you the star rating. We got three and a quarter stars. And from what I remember, this match was pretty solid, but I don't remember 100%. But... Here we go. Oh, yeah, this, this pay-per-view takes place on April 26, 2015 at the Rosemont in Rosemont, Illinois at the Allstate Arena with an attendance of 14,197, the buy rate of 56,000, which is down significantly from last year. But once again, that's excluding WWE Network views, which is pretty impressive. In 2015, they were still selling 56,000 pay-per-views for extreme rules i was gonna be yeah straight up i can't believe that there's still fifty thousand. i guess like is it bars who's still buying pay-per-views even in 2015 so the first match i feel like i should remember this match but i do not remember this match it was dean ambrose this is a chicago street fight dean ambrose defeated luke harper in 56 minutes and 10 seconds. This has to be that match where, like, it was going on and they were doing other matches. And it was going on in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, they kept happening. flashing to it. Yeah, like, because there's no way that they did a straight hour to start out the pay-per-view. No, no, no. It had to just, like, take cor- place over the course of the whole pay-per-view. Yeah, Harper got into a car and was followed by Ambrose, and the two drove out to the arena. Due to the street fight stipulation meaning no countouts, the match was deemed to be continuing as the event progressed. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Meltzer kind of liked this, I guess, because he gave it two and a half stars, because uh, he's a crazy person. This match Wait, he actually done. rated this match? He rated it two and a half stars. It, it should have been a dud, because, yeah, like... How much of the match do we actually get to see? I don't remember, but I I do remember now, yeah. Like, most of the match, you didn't get to see because they drove away. Yeah, and it would also, like, uh, it's, it's like a cinematic match. I mean, it's pre-cinematic matches, but, like, his steadfast rule, once we get to cinematic matches, he doesn't rate them. And this feels like a... Meltzer, you don't follow your own rules, man. Oh, man, this is another bad one. Yeah, uh, Kiss My Arse match. Which is Dolph Ziggler defeating Sheamus in nine minutes and sixteen seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing about doing these just retrospectives is is just watching how fast someone can fall. Like Sheamus was defeating Triple H like three extreme rules ago. Triple H. And now he's losing a kiss my arse match to Ziggle Piggle Pudding Pants. I'm going to go with 0.5 stars. 3.25 stars. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The next match is for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Just a normal tag team match. This is where the New Day defeated the tag team champions. One of my personal favorites. Cesaro and Tyson Kidd with Natalia. This was back in the day when Tyson Kidd was getting Natty Husband chance. 
Um, this match went 9:47. Oof. Um, is this the is this their title win that goes into being the history the record breaker, or is that a few years in the future? It's the, I think this is their first title win. Okay, yeah. So it's definitely not their first title win then. Obviously, come on, Chad, get your head in the game. Their heels here, definitely. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I, I know he likes Cesaro and Tyson Kidd as a tag team. Dave, that is that I'm talking about. And then the New Day, I'm going to go 3.25 stars. 3.75 stars. Jeez. I'm on, I'm undershooting it. I'm overshooting it. I'm, I'm all discombobulated. And, oh, this isn't... This isn't the flag match. I must. I think that might have been at like SummerSlam or something like that. Maybe it was okay. a payback. Or, anyways, this is a Russian chain match for the United States Championship. This is when John Cena was the United States Champion and doing the Open cha- Challenge, which actually like rejuvenated John Cena's career. And this is about yeah. the time everybody flipped and started liking John Cena again. Yep. Like. That was awesome when he was the U.S. champ and he was doing that. Like, even that though his springboard stunner done. was terrible, that springboard stunner that he did for a little bit, worst move ever. Worst I move still, ever. I still liked it. Russian chain match, which I believe, I'm guessing was a strap match. John Cena defeated Rusev in 13 minutes and 35 seconds, which I was probably happy about because then he could still do the challenge. I remember this time period because we would talk about wrestling a lot. We weren't making picks yet or anything like, you know, for records. But I remember always picking Rusev and you're always like, John Cena's going to win, Chad. And I would go, no, (laughs) Rusev is going to win this match. I was always wrong. I go that Big Daddy Dave gave this match a solid 3.25 stars. 2.25 2.25 stars. Wow. Big Daddy Dave down on John Cena. The next match was for the Divas Championship singles match. None of these have any like stipulations anymore. It's kind of depressing. Uh, Nikki Bella champion with Brie Bella defeated Naomi in 8 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah, Naomi wasn't winning anything back then, which she didn't start becoming relevant really until uh, brand split. Yeah, when feel the glow. Got, when she felt the glow, yeah. Yeah, and then she was a lot of fun. And I mean, Naomi was always good. She was a funkadactyl for a while, and then yeah, there was no way in hell she was going to win this match. Uh, this is before Nikki Bella gets her shit together as well. Like she's not the Nikki Bella who finished her career out yet. She's still she's trying. This is the start. This is yeah. the start of like the the jersey wearing Nikki Bella with the backwards hat. And yeah. this is finally when I think the Bellas are like different. They're dressing different and they're not like doing twin magic anymore. Yeah. Like Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella at the end was always bigger star than Brie Bella for some reason. It didn't make sense to me because I felt like they should be equal stardom. You know what I mean? But Brie Bella was never going to win that women's championship. And Shit. Nikki Bella was. But I don't think Big Daddy Big Daddy Dave liked this match. Uh, One point seven five stars. Two and a half stars. He gave it more than the John Cena match. Fucking hell, man! I am off. Oh man, future Chad, you better be on your game tomorrow. 
Um, we got the penultimate match, which was the last man standing match, which was Roman Reigns defeating the Big Show in 19 minutes and 56 seconds. And I do not remember this match at all. But, oh, geez, Dave Meltzer liked this match. Do you want me to just tell you? You yeah. want to guess? Uh, he gave this match four stars. What? Big, Big Show got a four-star match from Dave Meltzer? 2015, too. What? I've... This is this whole this thing's a sham. The weight loss. I I I don't uh, I don't understand. I don't either. But maybe we should go back and watch it. If it's, Dave Meltzer thought it was a four star match, it must be something somewhat decent. <laughs> and then finally we have main event. It's a steel cage match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship with the RKO band and Kane as the gatekeeper we have Seth Rollins as the champion defeating Randy Orton by escaping the cage in 21 minutes and 2 seconds this was the at the height of the architect right and the corporation and or not the corporation but the high, what were they called Jesus the authority yeah, they were the authority, and this was right after Randy Orton like left. Yeah, because he was part of the authority. Yep, but then he tried to strike out on his own again, and Randy Orton tried to be the face, and he's one of the worst faces of all time because he just Ben's his face run with Matt Riddle was pretty successful. It's but that's different though. He because he's still dickhead Randy Orton with Matt Riddle. It's just that Matt Riddle is like the nice guy, and Randy Orton's just always laughing at him. It feels like so it's it's a whole well, different they concept. Found the formula. They they should never break them up just because of that. Yeah, probably it's the only successful face run Randy Orton's ever had in his whole career. Ah. Uh, Man, this feels like a match, and I feel like I should remember it more clearly because I definitely watched it, but I'm sure it was just shenanigans upon shenanigans upon shenanigans with all of these outside people. Uh, Big Daddy Dave, two and a half stars. 3.25 stars. Shit. In this match, it wasn't fair. It wasn't it was stacked in Seth Rollins' favor with the RKO band and yeah. Kane is the gatekeeper, corporate Kane. I mean, a lot of people hate Corporate Kane, but I always thought he was kind of funny. So I, I, I don't hold any ill will towards Kane for doing that gimmick. No, the the, the pantsuit Kane was a lot of fun. And it was great when he like would show that there was a true dichotomy to it, where that the other Kane was still there in somewhere in there, but it wasn't yeah. like, it was like he was a split personality. So I had yeah, fun with it. a lot of it. people really hate that time, and it's like, I didn't mind Kane being corporate Kane. It was different. Like, like it shows that Glenn Jacobs actually has a range of characters. Like, he's not doesn't have to be this monster. I liked that he was a human being for once. It was nice. It was different. All right. So at this point, we've now done the first six Extreme Rules pay-per-views. And there are six more retrospectives that we have to look back on. But at this point, it feels like a really good break point because we also have to do picks for this upcoming Extreme Rules pay-per-view or premium live event as they are now referred to this weekend. Which So we're going to do our picks for this Extreme Rules and then next week we will finish up our retrospective, do the final six 2016 to 2021 Extreme Rules pay-per-views and then we will do also a review and I guess look back at how terrible our picks are. Because, folks, 
You know, if there is one consistent fact from BFTR, it's that we don't know how to pick pay-per-views. So, Diesel, I know you have this year's card in front of you, so take it back away, my good man. So, card subject to change. I don't think everything's added yet. There's six matches as of right now, so these are the six matches we will go by. And I'm going one through six on Wikipedia, so don't yell at me later if uh, this isn't the order. But the first match we have is Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship being contested in an Extreme Rules match. And... I don't know which way to go with this one, to be honest with you. I was about to say, this right away, I have no effing clue. This is a coin flip here. Once again, I think the Liv Morgan character still has legs under her to keep going. And especially in an Extreme Rules match, this is how Ronda Rousey could lose a match and also still look hella strong in it. Because Liv Morgan could just batter her with, you know, weapons upon weapons. So, you know what? By that mentality, I'm going to take Liv to retain here once again. And I think this is going to be a real good match. Maybe we see some uh, blood from both of them, huh? Huh? Maybe, I don't know. I have this weird, weird feeling that somehow, someway, this match is going to end in a no contest. Maybe a double knockout, a referee stoppage, something... I just don't feel like they want to put two losses on Ronda in a row, whether it's an Extreme Rules match or not. And yeah, she would definitely look stronger losing an Extreme Rules match. It would not hurt her as much as if it would be a regular match. But I have this strange suspicion that somehow, some way, this match is going to end in a no contest. And that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna guess. Just gonna go out on a limb. I don't know why. I just I really feel like with their mindset. Two losses in a row on Ronda Rousey, who they've who's only lost two matches in WWE. I don't know. That just doesn't something they usually do. No, no, I like that mentality, and that's actually probably a pretty good thought. I, you the know, thing no that's contest. Weird about it is, is extreme rules matches, and usually there there's no no contest. But okay, WWE has had no contest and Hell in a Cell matches at this point. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about the rules. Okay, so I I see no qualms with this, and I actually really like that pick. Uh, the next match is the Fight Pit match with special guest referee Daniel Cormier. He will be refing a match between Matt Riddle and Seth freaking Rollins. If you are a fan of NXT, you will know that Matt Riddle has already fought in this match one time against Toothless Timmy, Tim, uh, Timothy Hatcher. Thatcher. Which, uh, Thatcher, I don't know why I said Hatcher. Um, they should never got rid of that guy, but uh, and Matt Riddle also lost. But technically, this is his match. You don't know where they're going with this one either. <laughs> I. This is this is I think, I think has to be fifty fifty booking. Seth Rollins got the win last time. I think Matt Riddle needs this win, and I'm actually okay with fifty fifty booking on this because. This feud needs to keep on going, honestly. I don't think this is the end of it. And I see Matt Riddle winning this match. It is, as you just said, he might have lost the first one he had in NXT, but this is Matt Riddle's match. So, I got Matt Riddle. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Matt Riddle won this match. I think that 
The only reason Daniel Cormier is the special guest referee is because they have a show in Saudi Arabia coming up, and he's a name that like, he'd like make some money off of. And I heard an interesting prospect of what he could be doing in Saudi Arabia, and that would be a match against Brock Lesnar. And I'd just say, let's do it. Let's, let's just do, do it. it. In a wrestling ring, why not? Yeah, I'm in. 100%. I probably let's see won't what watch because it's in Saudi Arabia, and I never watch those pay-per-views, but still, I still but, would like to see that on the card. 100% love to see that on the card. On the next match, we got a good old-fashioned tradition from uh, Extreme Rules. It's a strap match. But I guarantee you, it's not a four-corner strap match because I think that that rule has been abolished. At least I hope not. I hope it's not a four-corner strap match. That'd be horrible. This is between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, And I want to see, like, a big, beefy fight between these two guys and I want to see him get whipped with that strap and I don't want to see him have to like tap all four corners yeah no I, I don't be th- like a bull rope match yeah I don't think this is going to be the four corners at least I hope not I agree with you there unfortunately for him I think Karrion Cross has got to win this match here you gotta you gotta keep building Karrion Cross. I don't think Drew Mack like I don't think Drew Mack looks bad in a loss here either so I think, yeah, I think carrying cross. I'm, I'm picking carrying cross. I think it has to be carrying cross here. Maybe, maybe Scarlet like steps in front of a uh, claymore or something like that, and just gets leveled, and then that's what leads to him being distracted, and then he locks on the straight jacket and game blouses. I am 100 with you. I don't think carrying cross can lose this match. I also think it's going to be because of a distraction by Scarlet. And I think it doesn't hurt McIntyre at all because the, it's very simple. They can put him in this like redemption storyline. Like he's lost a few matches and he works his way back up. And maybe by WrestleMania, he could be back in the title picture. If they split the belts, like some of the rumors have said they're, they've talked about doing maybe he could be in a wrestlemania program for one of the titles but i think it'd be interesting if he was in like a redemption storyline kind of thing um i'm also going with carrying cross but this is this is match one of their rivalry so he'll probably get match two and then we'll see if there's a third I would love this feud to keep on going. I can watch Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre batter each other for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised to see this end at Hell in a Cell and see these two in the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And uh, you're you're speaking a lot of smart things today, Diesel. Uh, the next match we have is a ladder match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship with champion Bianca Belair, who will be accompanied by Alexa Bliss and Asuka, versus Bailey, who will be accompanied by Damage Control, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. I'm just going to say straight out, I think Bailey is going to win this match because putting all the belts on Damage Control right now, I think, is smart. And I don't know, I feel like. I feel like it's not a big deal if Bianca loses to Bailey, and this feud isn't over either way. I also feel the same time. So, and it's a ladder match. 
I can definitely see damage control like holding back everybody else and Bailey climbing to the top. Maybe they even get a new member. Who knows? Yeah, there are some rumors that Becky Lynch might be returning here at Extreme Rules and getting involved in this match to kind of set up the women's war games match that we all know is going to happen at Survivor Series. It's pretty sweet that Triple H just goes, yeah, this year's Survivor Series is going to be a little different. We're doing war games. It's like, yeah. I I still hope they have a traditional Survivor Series match because it's Survivor Series. But yeah, I just I hope it's for it's basically for fun though, because the like yeah. brand warfare makes no sense, and actually having it like a war games match at Survivor Series makes a lot of sense. It'll probably be like a tag team role. You think like because I would guess that the two war games matches are going to be for brand warfare, and then like have a tag team like Survivor Series traditional yeah. match. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, back to this match. I think, I don't know. This, I think, is a true coin flip because I don't think Bailey needs this win right now Right now, because I think you're right. I think this is uh, the beginning of the feud, and I think it'll extend for a while here. So Bianca winning in the ladder match and then Bailey eventually winning in the singles match, I think would make a lot of sense. But also, I could see it flipped reversed where Bailey winning in this ladder match makes a lot of sense, and then you have Bianca get the singles win later down the road. Just to disagree with you, I'm going to take Bianca to retain here. I just think that it's easier for Bailey to win a ladder match with everybody out there and everything going on. I just feel like damage control is already the women's tag team champions, I think. Then just smart. Yeah. Just smart play. Moving on to the next match, we have Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. And once again, I do not like I quit matches. And I think there's one person in this match that does not need the win. And there's one person in this match that definitely needs the win. And I think Triple H is smart enough to know that Finn Balor is winning this match. Yeah, I don't think a lot needs to be said about this at all. Finn Balor needs this victory. Edge, though I love him, I did hear. I don't remember what I heard it on. Uh, maybe it was Wrestle. It wasn't Russ Talk. Uh, it was... Uh, Brian H. Waters, uh, Wrestle Talk. Is that what is what is Wrestling Realm? The Wrestling Realm. The Wrestling Realm, yeah. It was the Wrestling Realm, uh, and I can't remember. I might have been Dwayne who said it, but they were saying that Edge is no Shawn Michaels, and his second run has been it's been fine, but it's not been that great. He's just kind of been there. I think this is definitely a match that Finn Balor has to win. So I, I take Finn Balor all day and twice on Saturday. I am very happy to hear the reports that there are plans, big plans for Vin Balor in the future. Like, he was obviously Triple H's guy. He's probably the reason why Finn Balor won the first Universal Championship. Because Triple H pushed so hard. And yeah. once he got hurt, Vince McMahon's like, this guy's nothing. So, I don't know. I'm glad to hear that Finn Balor is going to be getting pushed. He deserves it. He really does. Um, and finally, we have... A six-man tag team good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. Which pits the brawling brutes, Seamus, Ridge, Holland, and Butch versus Imperium. Gunther! Because all capitals now. They moved it. Changed it back. At least they went all capital, capitals, you know. Ludwig, Kaiser, and Giovanni Vici. And, yeah. I'm going to do a little fantasy booking before... 
we get to Extreme Rules because we haven't had SmackDown yet. And on SmackDown, Sheamus is going against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship match. And I think Sheamus is actually going to win the Intercontinental Championship match at SmackDown. But the Brawling Brutes will lose at Extreme Rules in their own match because it's a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match, which I think is basically just a street fight. Man. Um, hopefully there's shillelays, shillelays, whatever they're called. Shillelays? Shillelay? Shillel? I don't know what shillelay is the term. Shillelay! There you go. What would I do without you? I, I I don't know, Diesel. Say things very odd and I incorrectly. I felt like Laverne and Shirley for a second. Shamil, Shamazel, Off and Pepper Incorporated. <laughs> There's nobody that listens to this podcast is going to understand what I just said. Nope, not a one. Eh, maybe Graham will. Graham might know. Graham, yeah, shout Tom. out if you know. Tom probably knows. Tom lives in Milwaukee. He knows All right, Tom Shirley. will know too. So shout out Tom and Graham. I'm sure you guys are old enough to know what we're talking about. Yeah, I like that fantasy booking and having a big moment on SmackDown does seem like a good idea. Just, uh, you know, really keep ramping up that it's important to watch Raw on SmackDown. Yeah, uh, I, I want to disagree with you, but I think Imperium does win at the pay-per-view. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take Imperium to win here. Well, that's all we got. I'm sure there'll be a United States Championship match on the card with Bobby Lashley versus somebody. Probably in a stairs match. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that next week. We haven't gotten to that yet. We haven't even gotten to any of the chairs matches yet. Nope, we haven't, but we'll get there. There was a good chairs match, though. Big Show versus uh, Baron Corbin, I believe. Only because of the giant chair. No, that wasn't the match. It was Baron Corbin versus Kalisto. Oh. Remember? Like, I do not like Kalisto. And I was very, like, it was a chairs match. I was like, this match is going to suck. It was really good. And, like, I remember JBL, like, when he swatted him out of the air with that chair. He swatted that mosquito right out of the air. Great match. We'll talk about that next week. We'll get to it, folks. But yes, those are our picks. And as we said, next week we will be finishing our retrospectives on Extreme Rules and giving you the results and our thoughts on this 2022 Extreme Rules. But now it's time to get to the end of the show. So, monkeys in the back, hit that sound effect. All right, Diesel, time for final thoughts, as that sound effects tells us. Oh, uh, my final thoughts are I really want to go back and watch that WLC match. I might do that after we're done recording. Um, other than that, I'm excited for the upcoming football games this weekend. I am excited for Extreme Rules. Not really excited for Dynamite that much tonight, but I'm still going to tune in. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, Benji. We're going to pawn him off to my parents on Saturday so we can actually, like, really clean the house. Like, get a good clean because with a baby around, I'm sure you know, it's nearly impossible to do anything when they're around. Even when there's two people. So, yeah, we're going to 
send Benji to my parents and we're going to reorganize the basement, hopefully, and just get everything all ready for his birthday party the following weekend. So that's really all I have planned for this weekend. Nothing, nothing too major. Yeah, no, I'm just uh, continuing with fatherhood because as you all can tell, I clearly have Cooper while we are doing the podcast because you hear in the background. But yeah, besides that, this weekend, I think we're just being chill, watching football, and uh, yeah, kind of living life. So, Diesel, why don't you do some social media stuff so we can get on out of here? You got it. You can follow me on Twitter at Diesel underscore VFTR. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad's underscore mine or at View. No, no, no. VFTR 2PO. Sorry, I had to think about it. I, yeah, I messed up already. Anyways, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram by searching View from the Top Rope Official. Follow us on YouTube at View from the Top Rope. Of you from toprope at gmail.com is where you can send us emails. Follow Visionaries Global Media on Twitter at VizGlobalMedia. Join the network by sending your podcast to VisionariesGlobalMedia at gmail.com. And once you're on the network, your friends are going to be asking you, Hey, Jack, where's where can I listen to your podcast? And you'll be like, Oh, you can listen to the end of VFTR 2.0 and they'll tell you, or I can just tell you myself, we're found on. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, Podknife, and Potable. Even though I messed up at the beginning, felt like I did pretty good riff-raffing at the end. Doing a little bit of uh, Jonathan Coachman, keep it going, school learning that I did before. I don't remember what it's called anymore. But I'm still here. We're still happy. This is a weird ending to social media stuff. I've never had to drag it out this long before. Um, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Don't usually do that. Hey, look at that. Diesel, you are just aces, buddy. Aces. Give a thumbs up. Uh, click the bell to be notified every time we post on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got them all. He's got them all. Seriously, folks, thank you all so very much for listening to this massive, insane ramblings that we call a podcast. Make sure, as Diesel said, like, commenting, sharing, subscribing, telling your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, or anyone else who will listen to you to check us out. As always, I have been Chad. He has been Diesel. That's been Cooper. Please, everyone, remember, be kind to each other out there. We are all just humans trying to survive on this blue spinning orb that we call Earth. Don't be a dick. But please always remember the most important fact of all. To climb up high and enjoy VFTR 2.0.